Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. I'm Vu Gwynn. And I'm Manny Albin. No, of course not. That's not Vu Gwynn. Vu is uh, on the road. He's, he's uh, here remotely. He's going to be coming in in a few minutes. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, we're all we're we're sitting in some really weird seat. It feels really weird not sitting in yes, my. Yes, we don't seat. we don't like switching seats like this because we've gotten used to our little our little spots. But we also have Vu calling in all the way from Germany. Hello, everyone. You guys hear me all right? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. So Agreed. welcome to the Porsche Club Insider. It's uh, episode fifty nine. Of course, fifty nine is an important number in Porsche numerology because that is the Brumos number that everyone. Uh, who's an enthusiast should know. Um, yeah, we're excited to, to have Vu on. He's got a ton of stuff, uh, videos. If you've been following our Instagram uh, or uh, YouTube or Facebook, uh, you've seen the videos from uh, uh, from Germany. Um, you definitely want to uh, like, comment, or subscribe um, to the podcast as well as to any of our, uh, our, our different uh, uh, social media. Like we said, the Instagram page is really rocking. Uh, YouTube, same way. Uh, and if you want to comment on the podcast, yeah, go to the YouTube uh, version of the podcast because that's the only place that you can really comment. And we do get a lot of comments. I think the latest one's up to like 30 comments. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Got so, a, we got a good following now. It's not just the uh, Gurney Eagle 500 anymore. <laughs> Although uh, <laughs> him and E and our regulars uh, yes, yes. Any commenting in, everything exactly. we do. So uh, big news. Um, well, let's first start, start off with what we did last week. Um, Damon well, was busy. I, go you, ahead. Let me just pause you for a second because I really want to share with you where I'm at. I'm just outside Stuttgart and I'm in Asperg. I'm at, actually at the past, uh, Porsche Classic Center and uh, it's pretty amazing. And I know, Manny, you put together a, an agenda, a run of show for today's uh, podcast, but I brought a little surprise for you. Mm, let me see. Oh, oh my God, look man. at this. The man himself, Boris. Oh. Man, good thing I didn't say I anything. Uh, hey, nice to see you too. <laughs> Let me get my I, I, list I of questions we have for a portion exclusive, because just in case we ever got bored of someone. <laughs> and and I can tell you, I will answer all the question, no matter if it's exclusive manufacture or classic, <laughs> as we are with classic today. And uh, with the podcast I listened to when you had Christoph um, with you, I really um, listened carefully and knew that you have a long list of questions. So I'm all yours. Yeah, Ask your question. Christoph could be a spy, a uh, very good spy, because he would not release any information. He just smiled a lot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't warn him. That's the problem. I, I didn't warn him uh, about your craziness, and I didn't warn him to be uh, as funny as possible, because he thought, I mean, this is a very serious, technical podcast about details, and everything has to be very precise. I don't, so, I don't say it isn't, <laughs> but I didn't tell him... The fun part of it, that was my fault. I'm very sorry for that. So we, we would be remiss if we didn't properly introduce Boris. Uh, Boris is the Director of Exclusive Manufacturer Vehicles uh, in this position for over a decade now, I believe. Um, I fear so, yes. And uh, um, with Porsche already in my 20th year. I cannot believe it myself, but it's true. And you're the, who, who, you're the person that we look to in terms of the expert in individualization but there's a quote uh, on one of your, your profiles that I think is absolutely true. And it's 
you are a car enthusiast that brings customers' dreams on the road. That's what I what we try. And um, normally, I always say, I mean, it is all a team effort. It's not myself; it's the team. But um, actually, this is true. Uh, I mean, what we do, or what what I'm allowed to do is uh, like making dreams come true also for myself because I am a car nut. All the cars that we are allowed to do, I would always love to own myself. So all the craziness we have and all these crazy ideas that we bring onto the road are driven, of course, by our customers' dreams and thoughts and requests. But also we have a team of car nuts and they all want to bring their dream cars onto the road. And that's basically the secret behind it. Be the craziest car nut yourself, then you will create good cars for real car enthusiasts. So, so I will, I, if you don't mind, Manny, uh, would you share with the folks listening sort of the background, how, how long uh, Boris has been involved with PCA and some of the special projects that he's done with us? I think we first met Boris with uh... Uh, he wasn't with the uh, restoration of the 911T, was it? It was would have been the uh, Club Coupe, I think. He goes all the way back to the original Club Coupe. Yeah, that, that's uh, true. Um, and, and, and I didn't talk about that too often. The very first Club Coupe, the 997 one, yeah. um, in the uh, Azuro, California, um, that was my first week when I started with Porsche in 2003. Yeah. When we when we wow. talked about this car, that was the first week I was asked by uh, the head of product management back then, Martin Urschel. He said, "I we, we should do something for, uh, let me see, Porsche Club of America. Um, uh, they want to do a car. Um, what do you have um, in your warehouse uh, parts and ideas that we could put into this car? So that was a true meeting that took place and I was part of it. I was just new to the organization. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, it is uh, the, my very first step is linked to PCA. Actually, there you go. There you go. Hit so I know that like. Manny and Damon are probably bursting with questions, and y'all better make this as <laughs> effective as possible. <laughs> well, my question is actually, um, uh, Boris, what do you, what Porsche do you drive right now? Um, I drive uh, a 964 Carrera 2 Coupe um, as often as possible. Um, of course, not in winter times, so not that often at the moment. As you said, it's uh, still quite cold in Germany. Um, as a company car, I drive a Macan GTS, um, which I really uh, decided to drive um, because I wanted to experience this car. As it is quite unusual. Most of my colleagues are driving a 911 or if not a 911, they drive a Panamera or um, um, a Cayenne, very rarely a Macan. Um, but um, I mean, first true fact, this was the only car that was uh, available with um, combustion engine without hybrid uh, mm. at that day. And I, I wanted to experience this car as it will not be too long that we have cars like this in, in the offer. And um, uh, second, I really appreciate the design of the Macan. Um, this car does not seem to have a life cycle uh, because, I mean, the, the base concept um, is uh, some years old, but still the car looks very attractive, very, very modern. It drives very nicely. Its performance is nice. And third, most uh, important reason is um, that for the first time this year, I uh, dive deeper into something else than Porsche because 
we are founding a family, so we need more space. And oh. that's why we decided to have a Macan and try it out. And I gave away, gave away my uh, lovely 992 Targa 4S that I had before. So, so what, what, color, what, what, what color does the head of PTS, the king of PTS, That's exactly what, what color is his Macan? <laughs> what, what do you think? Gray. <laughs> Silver yeah. or gray? Of course. Because before <laughs> I had anything to do with um, PTS, uh, I mean, my roots lie with the 997 Sport Classic. That was my mm. very first project that I ever did and I was allowed to do when I had no sense of anything. My boss told me, you will do it. And I said, how, how can you know that I would be, okay, I will do it. And um, Sport Classic Gray was something that from the early second was in my head uh, to realize for this car. Uh, I had a little picture of a 356 in fashion gray on a green grass uh, somewhere um, on a car exhibition, probably Amelia or something. And I loved this subtle kind of gray on the green grass. And it was not shout out loud, but very special. And it, in these days, this was uh, 2005 um, or 2004, there were no light gray cars. The trend started way later after mm -hmm. we did Sport Classic Grey. And when we showed Sport Classic Grey to the board uh, in the, those days, it was Wendelin Wiedeking. He um, looked at the car and he said he was he was really not convinced. He was looking at it and said, okay. I remember you said at some point that he thought yeah. it wasn't painted yet. That's what I want to say. He said, it's, it's a nice car, but um, when are you going to paint it? Because it's only primer on it. We said, no, no, it's not primer. It is painted. It is a trend. Believe us, it is a trend that is coming up. And uh, he said, okay, I mean, I, I trust in you. Let's try it out. And after that, I mean, nowadays, uh, chalk or crayon, um, um, as you would probably uh, call it, have take rates in some model ranges, 20, 30% in some markets. So it is a big trend. And all other uh, car manufacturers also have light gray tones. So still, I'm very much linked to light gray, and at the moment, the easiest way is to order a car in chalk or crayon. There you go. So I'm I'm very fortunate that I got to work with you, Manny, as well. Uh, we worked together on the 60th anniversary uh, Club Coupe, as well as on the classic uh, the classic Club Coupe. And what I always chuckle when you ask us about you know developing these cars is you know, what we would like, and talking about being able to have a crystal ball of such and know what's coming down the road, we always turn the question back to you, what is it that we should have? Because in your back pocket, there's so much there that we have no idea and we just know and trust that you will lead us down the right road. And the most recent example is with Sport Gray Metallic uh, with the 996 Classic Club Coupe. You encouraged us to go with that color as opposed to the original um, sport classic color and then later to find out there was a very specific reason for it absolutely i mean um, talking about this i favor having inspired customers and I, I would call you in the first step a customer when we start such such a project of course you're a family member as well but but at that time you are a customer approaching us with you have an idea you want us to realize a dream bring it onto the road and i really prefer people who come with ideas and we then add on what we have in mind instead of just starting with um, okay we take out all of our ideas show it to you 
pitch it like um, you decide A, B or C. Um, we can also do this, but it's, it's for me more important, especially in the beginning, to listen. And, and it's the same with you as a club or with a customer, to listen what is the idea behind the request and see what the inspiration, where it comes from. Does it come from architecture? Does it come from fashion? Does it come from a collection? Do they think of a car that your father owned or whatsoever? So where does it come from? And when I have this space information and know that I'm dealing with a real enthusiast who really wants to bring a, a dream onto the road, not only spend a lot of money and say, build me something nice, then I add on what we have in mind. And with the club group, I mean, that was exactly the thing. When we met in the design studio with Grant and we had this 996 there and you saw all the things. I mean, I cannot stop myself when, <laughs> when, when we start to talk about it. But then I like also when, it, when it's a teamwork and everything adds up to uh, the next steps. And the color, um, I mean, the, the, the base decision was to paint the 996 Classic Club Coupe in Sport Classic Gray 63A, the original 997 color. That was what we decided when we were there in Weissach back then. And then we started to do these little blue stripes and we worked with Grand and so on. And, and someday, of course, um, we showed you, I mean, you knew something was coming, obviously, because you we were asking all the time. <laughs> Um, we, we, we told you, listen, I mean, this will be uh, like in every good movie, like with Star Wars, it's, it always needs three. Yes, absolutely. So we knew that uh, the 997 uh, Sport Classic never made it to the US due to several um, reasons. Of course, we can talk about that uh, also later on, but always was admired. And uh, we already had uh, plannings in the shelf that we wanted to do a new Sport Classic, the 992. It was upcoming and of course we wanted to stay close to the concept. And the 996 Classic Club Group, when I was first asked, and uh, honestly, really it was Alex who, who approached me with after we had this uh, in and out uh, meeting and had some fries and burgers. He said, Boris, what do you think? Can we do it? I mean, it's it's basically the ducktail story and, and the Fuchs rims and the Sport Classic. This is something, I mean, you always told me said Alex that this is a very important thing and we shouldn't copy um, exclusive small series um, they are mostly one-offs mm -hmm. um, from the topic that we created the car around. I said, can we do it? And I said, yeah, I mean, if, if we in the end make it a story and link those three cars together, then of course, let's do it. And uh, painting the 996 classic club coupe in sport gray metallic, which is the then to be color for the 992 and uh, launch it at a date when nobody knew about the 992. I mean, it was amazing. And Absolutely then amazing. we do you remember this little video we made um, uh, of the uh, classic club coupe where and I was there when the, the video and photo shooting was taken. If you look precisely in the side window and, and they made it too good, obviously, because Nobody recognized it or only a few people. Um, when the camera goes over the side windows, you see in the glass that the 992 was already there when they took oh, the photos and the filming of the 996. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was. Uh, We're going to have to go back and find that. Right. I wonder if anyone's. Well, we need to like search the internet and the forums to see if anyone's uh, oh, spotted that so. yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was too well covered, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I turn it over to you guys. Any questions for Boris from so, you? So I guess uh, one of the things you, 
maybe we can explain to the listeners. So we've heard uh, Sunderwunsch that came out with the Classic Club Coupe. We saw that with the Carrera GT, that uh, the green one that they commissioned uh, and redid. Uh, is that part of exclusive? Is that uh, something different? Did you work together? How, where does this, where does Sonderwunsch fit into exclusive? Yeah, um, Sonderwunsch is the link between exclusive manufacture and classic. Um, easily said, with Sonderwunsch two years ago, first we decided with our customer advisors that we have in, in Suffenhausen, and we live in the Werk 1, as you all know, and we welcome customers there. We treat our customers, no matter if the car is a new car that we individualize uh, during production or a car that the customers already own, can be a 991 that they want to bring back and we convert it to something new, or if it's a classic car. So it will always be one customer advisor, one co-creation specialist who will be in contact with the customer, of course, involving the dealership and the importer, so it will always be well aligned. But in the end, talking to the expert, it will be always one person. And no matter if you want to talk about classic, exclusive manufacture or anything else, they um, will always cover these projects. And on the back side of the um, um, product development and realization, we also teamed up. So um, we have um, uh, the workshops aligned now. So we have one workshop for the classic cars and one workshop for the non-classic cars, but uh, we drive them with the same process. And they are in two different locations. So we are now here at the classic workshop in Asberg. The other one is in Suffenhausen. Um, and the product development teams are also aligned. So same structure and they are talking with each other. So that means uh, talking about Sonderwunsch, it doesn't matter if it's classic or exclusive anymore. Um, it is Sonderwunsch and you can start with first, uh, first room if you want to call Sonderwunsch a house. The first room is what we call the factory commission. So um, when you have an order for a new car, you are with your dealer and you did your specification on the car configurator. You end up with questions that you have that you don't find in the car configurator. Then your dealer will approach Porsche Cars North America, the vehicle personalization uh, managers, and they will be in contact with us to realize the requests on top of the car configurator. So this will be done inside production before checkpoint eight and the finished car of course goes through the regular process to the dealer and then to the customer the second room and um, this is the first one where you have to own the car already so you who mm -hmm. you have the car with you and you want to individualize it further it doesn't matter how old it is you give it back to the factory and they would do a recommissioning a factory recommissioning as you mentioned manny that's the car gt the customer owned a GT Silver one, had an Ascot brown leather inside, but didn't like it too much. So he changed it to a new exterior color, can be any color, like for example, this car was oak green metallic, and changed the interior also to a new Bordeaux red interior. And of course, the technical substance will be updated um, to, uh, but, but on the series level. So as it was when it was delivered new. Recommissioning, in easy words, is a and delivery years after the car has been delivered. And the third room, again, you own the car already, you give it back to the factory to be individualized, is then also with technical deviation. So this means you can ask, of course, for a new paint, a new interior plus technical deviation, mm. like in the classic club group, where you asked for a ductile spoiler that was not available in the 996, 
a double dome roof that was not available, a GT engine in a GT3 engine in a regular 996 body, but also we can create your own wheels, a, a power upgrade, whatever you want, you can ask. Doesn't mean we can realize all of that, but we will always try. And this is why um, the process behind the one-off, that's, I didn't tell the name, the, the third room is called the factory one-off. Um, there's one year that is the evaluation phase. So when you go into the concept phase or the evaluation phase, you pay a hundred thousand euros approximately. Then you get your designers, your engineers, your project management team and one year we work together with you in involving Weissach test benches and everything you need, including Grant Larson as a designer who will design and sketch what you want to do. Um, uh, we'll work with you one year. After that year, we know what is feasible and we offer you the final offer for the car to be built. It will have a certain price then and you can decide you want to build it. Then it's two more years until the car is finished. And after three years in total, you have your one-off. There you go. How many, how many one-off cars do you work, do you do a year? And that's the basic uh, problem we have. We ramped up the program uh, two years ago. At the moment, we are working on three projects at a time. Uh, the demand is much higher, we, as always. <laughs> we, we were quite positive, but not that positive. <laughs> so as um, Alex, Alex Fabig would uh, tell me now again that Boris, listen, I mean, Sonderwunsch is kind of a luxury experience. And of course, luxury also contains the fact that there's a queuing line in front of the luxury okay. store. Okay. But this queuing line shouldn't be two times around the block of the house <laughs> where the store is in. So we have to reduce the waiting time. Actually, it is also, again, a comparison on a Rolex Daytona. If you will, you wait eight years before you get one. And that's also the waiting time that we have right now for starting a one-off project. And we just went to the board and um, uh, with our big support also from, from Alex and all the team, um, we made it to get um, an approval to uh, scale our business and get new capacity on board and really reduce the waiting time. But it will take a while. I mean, we need the right people. That's basically the most important thing. Sonderwunsch is a people's business. I mean, we need really high skilled, highly skilled people experts in, in what they are doing and you don't find too many of them nowadays. Um, so that will be, it will take a time, but we are heavily working on it. So the facility that we're in right now is fairly confidential. So unfortunately I can't give you photos of walking around. Um, the facility is much larger than the original classic yeah. department. That Just we tell them you're going to use the bathroom and bring the laptop with you. <laughs> Andy, I want to come back. Is this a facility that we? I think we covered in the previous podcast um, when it was still under construction? So we've talked about this before, yes, yeah. but there's no photos of this area. This is the one that I shared with you that within the workshop, the walls around all of the, uh, the technicians are inspired, so to speak, by photos from the Classic ah. Club, which... It still is, and I'm happy to say that, but <laughs> they are building even, you know, more space for, uh, I guess, more cars, more projects. It's getting larger. The, the, the spot that we're sitting in right now, can we talk about this? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> it, it, is, it is Ulrike's and Tobias' place, so you can, yeah. I mean, if you ask me, okay, yeah, so this, go ahead. 
I hadn't seen this before. This is a uh, customer delivery space, especially for uh, Classic. And then downstairs, there's a beautiful room uh, after your project is ready to go. In fact, there is a vehicle down there uh, today that will be delivered, I believe, tomorrow. Yes. And without giving away who it is, that car has ties to PCA in the sense where the owner of that car happens to be the same owner of the 73 911T that we restored. So how cool is that? So somebody oh. will revive his passion tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this car is um, I I would I would I would bet that both of you wouldn't guess what model car it is. And um, obviously it's not going to be something that's common. Um, and can, they can already get a have hint? a Is it room one, room two, or room three? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this car actually is um, a factory restoration. We didn't cover that. I mean, besides Sonderwunsch, okay. we still have the regular factory restoration. But that's also something we are working on because it gets more complicated with all the names and structure. Mm -hmm. So factory restoration means bringing a car back to the very, very original condition. So it is technically the original condition, but also exterior paint and interior is 100% original, while recommissioning deviates that. So you have a new exterior color, new interior color, and a completely new combination. And can well, have that's new a great wheels. hint. That's a great hint because that means um, the 911T that he received, you know, back, it's, it's a similar car, it sounds like. It's a restoration. I love the guess because they're usually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but actually also talking about, as, as you asked, talking about Sonderwunsch and, and capacities, it's absolutely right what you say. And it's true for here, for the classic workshop. And it's also true for the exclusive manufacturer workshop, um, where we uh, deal with all the Sonderwunsch uh, cars. At the moment, we have like all the time uh, 20 sport classics uh, standing there that we um, individualize to finish the production of them. But um, really, those capacities have been increased. And talking about projects, I mean, don't make them too jealous, but down here to the right, we have uh, at the moment four Carrera GT recommissioning projects uh, on the lifters. And wow. uh, down there, we have one real one-off uh, 993 on the lifter with... Um, I so wish I could share with you all. Oh, man. You, you say uh, 993 one-off, one uh, one yeah. like, like a speedster one-off? Who knows? How many speedsters <laughs> have been built, Manny, in, in total? How many? Well, that, well, so I always thought there was just two, one for Butsy yes. Porsche and one for Jerry Seinfeld. But when we were in the shop a few years back, I saw a third one uh, being built. And when I asked questions, I was kind of, uh, I was pushed to the side and said, come look, come this way. And no one answered my question as to what this 993 speedster was that uh, was still in, in bare metal, but that always stuck in my head as to, uh, because I, I doubt the factory would be making a uh, replica. It would have to be a real speedster. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's the story. Blink once if I'm right. That's the story behind Sonderwunsch. I mean, you can create fantastic cars anywhere. And, and it belongs to the universe of Porsche that we have so many also third parties and workshops and specialists who deal with cars who build cars, who repair cars, and there are quite more 993 speedsters in the world, and you cannot say that, that any of these workshops did anything wrong. 
um, they, they did what the customers wanted. But if a customer approaches us and say that he wants a speedster, if it would be a speedster, let's see. I mean, the customer. Theoretically, theoretically. The, the customer, <laughs> um, of course, uh, wants to be the first one who tells the story, not me. But if it would be one, um, then um, we, the, the, the end result would be that this is an original Porsche AG993 Speedster. We would put all the documentation to the museum archives, so it will be listed as an original Porsche car. We will also manipulate the, the whole data file of this car that it has been converted at that date to this specific condition or specification. And so this is also why um, design is heavily involved. No one-off project can be done without involving design, mainly Grant Larson, but also Michael Maurer. Um, and this also means that um, even if we say we bring customers' dreams onto the road, if you would ask, that probably would be your next questions. When do you say no? Yeah. Um, we, we try not to say no too often because it is the customer's car and the customer's dream. But with a one-off car, we have to make sure, as it is a car that will go to the museum as an original Porsche car forever, it has to fit in the Porsche design philosophy. And that's also already, uh, again, uh, told positively. The customer has the fantastic um, opportunity to discuss his car with Michael Maurer and Grant Larson and, and go back and forth when, when Michael Maurer would say, I don't like this radius or I don't like this design. We could improve this or that. I mean, how cool is that? Absolutely. If as a Porsche customer, you sit down with the Porsche design boss and he advises you what you should do in the end. That's, now, that's you know, how we the Sund that. really, uh, it um, fascinates me because if I had the uh, wealth of an Elon Musk, I would come to Porsche and say, I want a street version of the 963. What do you say then? <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're not. We're you're talking not Elon Musk money here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with 963, you are actually the first one who asks me about this, but we had the request of um, 917s or um, uh, 9, mm -hmm. 956 and, and race cars like these. And also with Grant, I talk a lot uh, about this. I mean, if you look into the Porsche Unseen book with mm -hmm. these design studies, yeah. they are really thrilling designs of cars um, inside. Um, like, the, like there's a Le Mans inspired uh, coupe with uh, wing doors and I mean th th there should be a customer who asks uh, this question and we wouldn't say no initially we have to evaluate it I mean the, the <coughs> most important thing what you have to know is as I said you have to own the car to bring it in to be converted why is that the case because we need the vehicle identification number of course of this car and the base car if you want to make it street legal it should be something that we convert and not build from scratch so um, a high-end top-notch race car um, of 2023 without of course street legal components will be very difficult yeah. to make it road legal I mean, in the past, there, there were crazy people who even made a 917 street legal. So it, it is never impossible. But it would be probably, if you would ask us today, I would say, hmm, 
it so is have, a Robin. So there's still a chance. You didn't say idea. no. <laughs> so I have a specific request here, actually. So I'm, I'm looking back to the Porsche Unseen concepts, and one of my favorites was the uh, Porsche 904 Living Legend. If somebody yeah. brought you a Volkswagen XL1 and asked for the 904 Living Legend, would you build it? It's a very smart question, oh. and I fear I I will not answer it. Oh. Okay, moving on. Oh, yeah. well, 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 could we see your answer at Rensport? <laughs> no, 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 uh, uh, I mean, honestly speaking, uh, yes, this this would be something where we would sit down together first. I mean, we, mm -hmm. as I said, we would never say no in our first talk. We would invite you. We would ask you the question and listen to you, then take it with us. Basically, if you would ask this now, I would um, uh, use the phone and call Grant first and ask what he thinks. Because, I mean, as I said, the base platform is needed to know what you can create out of it. And if the proportions and all that would be necessary and needed of the XL1 would uh, suit that, uh, then I would say let's invite the customer to a brainstorming uh, workshop. Either physically, you could come to Sufenhausen and we do that. Maybe we go to the design studio and look um, into what might be there from the past and how this Living Legends concept car has been built up and what is underneath. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and then we would start to evaluate it. Uh, All right, so, so let's cool. take it. Let's take it down a couple of notches. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not unheard of that it's tough to get cars these days, but to be able to get exclusive options and paint a sample, can you share the current climate and? What insider information you can share with us? I mean, first of all, I have to apologize uh, to everybody out there who does not get what he wants and um, should, of course, get, as we are only talking to car enthusiasts here. We know uh, that at the moment we are not delivering as we are expected and as we would wish ourselves. I mean, starting with the cars, of course, um, we have a lot of very inspiring limited cars um, where not everybody gets one. Of course, this is part of the concept. I mean, if it would be a car that everybody could own and buy, it wouldn't be a limited series anymore. Um, and uh, there's mostly a very good reason behind talking about the 992 Sport Classic, maybe as this is discussed quite often, would there have been the potential to build more uh, or to sell more, to sell more, definitely yes not too many more but yes we could have sold more could, could we have built built more no because um and the fact is the side panel we chose for this car without the air intake holes um we built a new tooling for that and the tooling size is actually the size of this whole building area here so a big apartment that we had to um, create to uh, make these side panels and this was limited to 1,500 sets, including spare parts if any Sport Classic is damaged. So this is uh, no, normally always the reason um, also behind we, we think of a good limitation number why we limit cars. Now talking about options, also we know, uh, I mean talking about the rally design package for example for the Dakar, we are not um, taking anything easy. I mean looking at this it's the very first time that we convinced our production department and all the engineers to really realize a real two-tone paint job that is done inside the paint, paint line in Suffenhausen. So the, the current model year we used to ramp up 
um, the business. So we were only <coughs> able to build like three a day, four a day, five a day, and we are ramping it up now to seven a day. Demand is probably more like 10 a day. Mm. Um, and that's what we are now investigating with the production, purchasing department, develop, finance, everybody we need, how we can increase the volume that we can produce of such a project. And last but not least, I know paint to sample is a big headache um, for everybody who does not get it. Um, I mean, we invested really heavily uh, into it and then talking about really a lot of money, new toolings, new machines, new processes, and we were really on a good move. We came from 1,500 cars uh, a year to last year we produced 5,000 cars um, in wow. 2022. 5,000 5, PTS? 5,000 PTS cars um, last year and um, demand was even higher. And then we went into a big supply chain crisis. Um, we cannot say it's supply chain and, and of course the number of skilled people we would need. Um, we, we have really a lack of um, painters uh, at our suppliers at the moment as, as well. So it's a very difficult situation. The um, supply chain um, broke down, um, honestly speaking, um, some month ago. We are now back on track or in direction of, of, of the track, I hope, and this is what we are really heavily working on and, and we really spend days and nights um, to, to get this done, that from October on, uh, October quotas onwards, um, we will be able to um, uh, accept uh, or accept orders, of course, earlier, like for October, you would, uh, from July on, uh, we could accept the orders. And then for, from October onwards, we would be able to produce um, the number of cars um, on the level like end of last year. But still, I know this is not enough. So, so demand is still much higher. So I noticed uh, the last time we were here uh, a couple of months ago, uh, the beautiful dealership that was across from the museum is no longer there. Yes. And I believe there's a building that's going up. Is, it, is that for paint and will that improve capacity? And this building that uh, is at the place uh, across the museum is um, an extension of the uh, body workshop, body workshop. Uh, okay. especially also for um, the new electric uh, Boxster um, and also logistics area. So that is a true fact at Porsche as well. Anytime we build um, a factory component at the day we move in, it's too small. So we need to build a new one. Um, but on uh, talking about paint um, shops, I mean, we have two massive paint shops in Zuffenhausen, one for the 718 and 911 and one for the Taycan. They are um, close to each other. The one for the Taycan is connected to the assembly of the Taycan with a bridge that is one kilometer long, thousand meters long. Um, and um, the other one is uh, connected to the 911 production. And inside this paint shop, we built in our own paint mixing bench. So all the PTS colors are mixed inside the factory. That's oh. what we um, uh, changed to get quicker and to be able to see um, the colors that we do and also improve very importantly the quality, the color matching quality. So we mix the colors ourselves. Um, we have um, new painting uh, cabins that we included into the paint line, uh, just dedicated also for paint to sample, but also the two-tone paint for the Dakar. And uh, of course, we increased um, the number of paints as well that are all technically developed and approved. So um, this investment led to 
what we can do on the factory side. But the problem that we now have and will solve, I hope, within the next two months is more on the assembly uh, parts. So front bumper, rear bumper, door handles, mirrors. You have to imagine with PTS in the end, as a customer, you don't want to see any difference between a PTS car or a standard color. Besides, right. you're fascinated about the color, of course. So, but the quality, quality has, to be, has the to be the same. So in the past, um, it was like uh, some cars ended up with, I mean, the, the paint for a PTS car is still one bucket full of paint mm. that is mixed for this car, linked to the production number, um, connected to a line going up to the paint shop, and then the car is painted. So that is, this is still the process. Everybody who says, I mean, come on, they are only making money with it and selling the colors for a high um, uh, price. Why do they have a problem with capacity? It is not that case. It is still a production number linked single production of a car. And for this color in the mixing bench, um, this bucket full of paint is used for the body and the second one um, is used for the add-on parts and is sent to one supplier that connects 18 sub-suppliers for all the little parts that I mentioned, door handles, air grills, um, front bumper, rear bumper. So they are painted in the same color and they are checked to the um, color um, uh, um, color board that we created together with the two buckets of paint. So in the end, when everything is brought together to the factory and, and assembled, the car has the same appearance as a series color. While in a series color, just to say this as a, as a last comment, in a series color, it's much easier. For, for example, Guards Red, there's one development for Guards Red then there are um, specifications and samples uh, everywhere, so everybody knows in which tolerance God's red has to be, so it all fits together. And this has never been done for painted sample before because you couldn't do it because we have 172 different colors at the moment. So, impossible. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, choosing the color is the easiest part of the task. <laughs> and when you're talking about a standard color on the line that's been tested and you're going to put them on thousands of cars, you know, that's fairly easy and very simple. And you all make it look so simple in the fact that people see the final product and they think, well, everything was done at the same time and all together. And they don't think about the multiple suppliers and getting that same bucket of paint to everyone and getting them to apply it the same. You're testing the paint, uh, this new paint color that you've never used before on uh, materials, you have to make sure that they last, they uh, degrade at the same level, so to speak, with sunlight. And so you're doing all this testing. So at the end, the customer may think, oh, it just came on the line. They sprayed it and it's all simple, but it's so much more complicated yeah, it than is. That. I mean, as, as um, the paint director um, uh, told me just last week when we toured around um, his facility, and it is really um, very inspiring to see how, how this all works. But I mean, paint is a chemical mystery. In the end, I mean, for all the people, it's just paint. It's just the color. But um, we have a laboratory with paint experts working every day and checking the colors. And of course, every day something happens. So with these colors, there are experts who change, every, uh, change uh, check every day the quality is right, if they have to adapt anything, if they have to tone a color to make it more matching to the others, um, if they have uh, overspray or things where the color is not um, durable uh, enough. So this is all checked on a daily basis for every single color that is used. And let's throw in metallics. 
I mean, metallics can go wrong in a number of ways. Uh, too much metallic, too large a flake, too small a flake, how you lay it down, which direction you apply it to. I mean, just a multitude as, of potential as, problems. As I said, this, this, this chemical mystery, if you think of the curvy uh, body of a 9-11 and you open the doors, that's the most critical parts with paint to sample. A, most critical colors, yellow, orange, red. So mm. this is most critical. And most critical area, if you open the door and you have these door sills and these round edges, uh -huh. there sometimes when you spray it, when the robots spray it in the normal line, then the, the color does not cover the body enough because the paint is running down over the curve uh, right. and not holding where it should be. So then they can adapt the recipe and change with it and do some sample tests and whatsoever. And of course it has to um, uh, stay where it should be and should of course cover the whole um, parts so, so it always looks yellow and not yellow with white spots inside or, so, or anything. And then of course if we find out something like this and, and this is true especially as I said for these light colors and some colors have to be additionally sprayed by hand. So it goes over the line it goes through the robot and the second time it goes through a manual box and somebody has to spray it oh, by wow. hand. So then, of course, this is not only that the car goes through the process two times, but it steals a production plate for another car. So in the end, this means for the daily production lot, we are... Yeah. You're taking two cars. Yeah. We, we are um, uh, the ones who are blamed because we lost a car. Oh. And this, of course, we also have to take into consideration with producing these paint-to-sample cars day by day, that we have to have a stable process. And I'm sure all the bean counters remind you that you're taking that extra slot and somehow have to pay for what's been lost with that extra slot. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so to, just to educate, to educate our uh, listeners, you have PTS, which is about 100 and is it 16, 130 colors on that? 172. Uh, 172. 172. Okay. Over, over all model ranges, but for Zulfenhausen 911, it's 116 at the moment. Okay, so and then above and beyond that, you, this is where you have the, uh, you know, the famous, uh, you bring your wife's lipstick and you say, this is what I want my car painted in this color. And that, yeah. that's a whole different process because unlike PTS where you're picking a color that's already been approved and tested by Porsche, here's a color that uh, can take what up to two years maybe to see it, uh, in final approval because you have to see if it's something you can actually do and will, and will it look good on the car? The, the process is called paint to sample plus and it means as you said the customer hands in um, a sample and then in, in the past this process was quite complicated and as you mentioned it took like two years or even longer and, and it was very intransparent nobody knew how long will it take and will it uh, really work out and we really also heavily invested into this process um, we are working on, um, I would say, like 20 PTS Plus colors at the moment. They were all handed in by customers. The very first one following the new process is just uh, launched. It's Esman Green. Um, the customer even was able to uh, call the color by his name because his mm. name is Esman. He's an um, electrician uh, from a German uh, city and he also has a racing team in, in the sports cup. And his cars, all, his delivery cars in his electric um, company all are green. So he wanted his 911 to be uh, in the same green. So he handed in this sample and knowing um, that he handed in the sample, it is always linked to a commission number of a car. So this means it, it, it cannot take more than one year. 
and uh, we are really heavily working on it that we want to um, bring it down to nine months. Um, the normal lead time of paint to sample is six months, uh, including when you order it and, and uh, when you get the car. And with paint to sample plus, it's nine months. And um, the process is that the sample is handed in. We talk to our um, color experts and um, the technical experts on, on the uh, paint shop side, but also supplier side and also paint supplier side. That's also very important. I mean, we are, for example, paint a sample in different factories is a different uh, thing because one factory is using Axalta uh, paint and the other one is using BASF uh, paint, a completely different story. It's also a matter which robot uh, system is used, which spray gun is used. Um, which process to mix the colors is used. This all means a complete new qualification of the color in this certain factory. So this is done then by the experts. We even build um, uh, prototype uh, bodies of the cars. We paint them um, uh, also with add-on parts to make sure the color matching is right. And if we are happy with it, we present it to the factory quality uh, boss in Sofenhausen and he approves, yes, this is a PTS plus that um, fulfills our request for quality and then we built the one car for the one who handed in the sample and after that we uh, convert the color into the PTS range so other customers can have it then in the next model year and it is added into the palette of Penty sample. So that's why you now for model year, new model year 2024 you can have Esman Green. Ah. I think I remember seeing an article about that. Um, Google it, S-Man Green, and it'll come up and you can see that color. Yeah. Uh, if you are, It's in the newsroom. Yep, in the newsroom. Cool. So you talked a little bit about parts earlier, and of course, with the exclusive. Tell us about how has it been for, one, how many parts roughly does exclusive offer, but then how has supply, and are you back to normal, and... Uh, parts is difficult. I would say options. Um, uh, so if you count together all the options that you find in the car configurator over all model ranges, uh, exclusive manufacturer offers more than 1,000 options. Um, they, uh, and if I say options, I mean all the options you find in the car configurator that have a code, a price, and a clear product substance. So that is what is visible to anybody, what is worldwide on offer, what you find in the car configurator. Um, the main products of exclusive manufacture are um, starting with the exterior sport design packages, but also wheels, um, sport tailpipes, um, lights, so black headlights, dark taillights or light taillights. Uh, then of course, all the interior options in leather, wood, aluminum, carbon fiber. Um, also electronic components like a rear seat entertainment um, in, in the four-door cars. So these are the typical exclusive manufacturer options. Supply, it is a problem everywhere at the moment and it's, it's not predictable anymore. Just last week we ran out of uh, floor mats uh, for the 911 Sport Classic, so the heritage design-inspired floor mats. Uh, the supplier told us, I cannot um, deliver floor mats anymore, so we had to put regular exclusive manufacturer floor mats into the cars, um, write the customer's letters and say, we deliver the floor mats later. So, And this happens, unfortunately, day by day at the moment. And it, oh. it can affect uh, electronic components, it can affect interior components, everything. And this is really where we have to say a big thank you to our purchasing department because they have really day and night shift uh, working on task forces 
to always get the parts we need to build uh, the cars. And I really hope that uh, this will improve um, soon. But of course, having so many crises around the globe at the moment, um, that's the driver for this problem that, that we really have uh, issues with our supply chains. But I mean, as you know it, we are Porsche and for us it's a challenge and a race and we want to win the race in the end for you as the customers. So you can believe all the cars we can build, we build. So driving around, we've noticed some camouflaged uh, electric uh, Macans and some other vehicles. Um, as Porsche moves more into the electrification side, we talk about uh, the next Cayman, the next uh, Macan, Boxsters and such. How does that change your world? Um, first of all, um, I'm, I mean, looking at me, you might think maybe he's young, but in my head, I'm probably 65. So <laughs> I, I like... I doubt that. I doubt that. I, I like my 964 very much, yeah. and I like how it smells, how it drives, how it feels, and, and all that. So first thing is, of course, we need to um, be open for this new world and uh, to use it and to really uh, get uh, uh, into the world and into this philosophy and, and lifestyle also. And I'm really convinced and, and I was very much surprised when I had the chance to drive with the Taycan Turbo S for the very first time when we did road testing for the Sport Classic 992. We also had Taycans with us and of course we changed through the cars and I was fascinated uh, by, by the speed. I was fascinated by all this top-notch technology and it feels like Captain Future um, when you drive this car when you are normally a guy who is very much used to the old-fashioned stuff. So our challenge, um, and we see this quite clearly, is to transfer the enthusiasm and um, the excitement and also the passion from the 911, no matter which, which engine is inside, into also the other cars. And I would say that's why I said uh, no matter which engine. If, if the 911 would be electric already, it would still be the 911. And I, I am 100% sure that we would find things that would, of course, um, um, uh, inspire us and we would be as enthusiastic about it as today. And then we would ask ourselves, how can we transfer this to the Macan, Cayenne and Panamera and Taycan? And that's actually what we think of right now as well. Having the 911, it is not the only reason that it has a combustion engine that people are more looking into individualization for this car. Um, but it is one part, of course, and for us it's a big challenge to transfer the spirit of this collectible item, This the car is more a family member than just a car, onto the other cars. And we see we, we are quite capable uh, also with Sonderwunsch to individualize the Taycan. Are the uh, customers um, excited about it? Yes. Um, do they also uh, order exclusive manufacturer options for the electric Taycan? Yes, and, and above our plannings. But do they invest in Sonderwunsch with the Taycan? Not yet. Because most of them, and we have really lovely concepts uh, based on the Taycan, um, they say, I like the design, I like the concept, but, but for what I see in that, it, for me, it's still a 911. Mm -hmm. I like the Taycan, I drive it every day and I spec it up to my desire, but this going further into really making it bespoke with every leather stitching and whatsoever, I do it with a 911. And that's the big challenge that we have to work on. Same for high-end bespoke. 
vehicles, single vehicles for single customers, but also for limited series. So I'm talking about the electric Macan, but especially also the uh, Boxster. I'm very excited how we will manage to bring the same amount of excitement into these cars as we have put it into the 911 Dakar or Sport Classic. But yeah. I'm quite confident we, we find a way. I totally agree. And I think, you know, the, the company obviously is smart enough to look into the future and what's going to set the stage for years to come with electrification. But what other company, car company out there is still so committed to the cars from the past, such as Porsche? And we're, we're sitting in the building that that is the commitment. Um, so let me, let me, uh, oh man. So Manny Damon, I know you had, plans to talk about my trip and news. I, I would say let's save it for next week if you guys are okay with that. And there's a couple more questions that we can get out of Boris we should take advantage of. You know, from my perspective, this is one of the best episodes we've uh, recorded in, in a little while. <laughs> okay. So I'm right. cool with that. So, so, so allow me to ask, you know, 2023 is a year of celebration for Porsche with 75 years. Uh, uh, us in the States, we are looking forward to Rensport. And if History plays again. Typically, you're involved with something with these celebrations. <laughs> blink, blink once if it's <laughs> if it's a supercar. Blink twice if it's the ST. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to blink for the rest of the episode. <laughs> no, notice, notice, I save this for the end of the call. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I said, uh, of course, we are family, but family all, also means you are happy if I would join you the next time again. And it's not another Boris because I had to give my um, factory ID back. <laughs> yes, and, uh, we, don't wanna, we don't want to. We don't want to lose. We don't want to lose uh, our connection. <laughs> so, so what? What I can tell you, of course, the 75 years of Porsche are extremely important for the company, especially with what you are talking about now. I mean, talking about what we use as a motto, the dreamers, and then really um, developing the brand further. I mean, this is so important. And 75 years has a lot of heritage, but also says a lot about the potential for the future. Yeah. So, um, and, and also it is con combined with 60 years of the 911. Exactly. So, um, any, any how and any matter how the car might be called, that, uh, probably you can expect um, a 60s anniversary celebration car in any matter um, for, for um, uh, yeah, celebrating this. But um, it's too early to talk about what it will be. But if there would be one, um, uh, it must not come out of our garage. There are several other garages at Porsche who do ex most exciting cars. There you go. Um, but um, uh, let's say uh, we were involved and um, there's something that we were allowed to add on to the concept and we are very proud of this and uh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure and, and uh, uh, convinced that you will like it. And maybe we can talk about this next time. And the second question that you asked was, um, I think you mentioned it to be a, a supercar that, I mean, I would be, as we were, I was talking before seeing these, those Carrera GTs down here. And um, I can also tell you next to the four Carrera GTs are two 959s. So mm -hmm. two out of the three supercars we ever did, we have on the lifter here. Mm -hmm. We could leave them here and go down there and talk further there without the microphone. <laughs> exactly. If there might be... Sorry, guys. Oh, the connection. We're losing the connection. <laughs> if there might be a fourth one after the 918 Spider. It, it, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Well, you know, at, uh, you're, I know you're coming to Rensport, 
and uh, you're you're actually going to be in our neighborhood because uh, isn't Porsche Exclusive and Porsche Classic uh, right on top of each other uh, in inside of uh, Turn Three, I believe. So we're only going to be about one minute walk from each other. Will we also see you in June for the at the auction for? Uh, unfortunately, not. As I mentioned, that uh, I will be uh, coming a father this year. This will happen in June, and oh. um, I think that's the, the that's, most that's most important reason to say this will be a time without Porsche. Yes. So I unfortunately I cannot uh, come to the auction, but I will of course listen. You'll be to cheering. You'll be cheering uh, of from course. from I, the of operating course. room. <laughs> of course. I mean the last, and this is what you have to realize: the last auction I attended was Sally special and you know the result. Absolutely. So this is the, the I mean this is the high bar. It's a very high bar and this car is to me and I've said this before on the podcast and anybody that asks me Sally Carrera is special but the classic club coupe is by far Absolutely. a much higher bar to build. Absolutely. I mean talking about this uh, openly I mean Sally special was thrilling really and I, I was there with the inside the the auction hall and I still I remember that I really started crying when when I when the final hammer went down because I, I couldn't believe it but and, and there was I mean special about this car is and nobody can describe it in it is driven by Sally Carrera because everybody who approached this car started to smile immediately this car Contains so much emotion. Positivity. Positive emotion. Unbelievable. And the lucky owner who owns it, and we are so proud of it, he is a Porsche really enthusiast, and he uh, created his own Instagram account and is touring the U.S. and showing the car to kids, and this is all such a nice story. And and, uh, so also the um, uh, charity aspect of it was very important. So I understand the price that the car uh, reached at the end, but... From a technical standpoint, of course, the classic cup, club coupe brings in much more uh, deviation to the standard car where it's, it's based on and much more uh, work also that has been put into it. It's, it was years to develop the classic club coupe and it is really, as we said, a one-off uh, its kind and has so many technical components. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. What, what is your guess? Where, where will it end up? Well, remember, uh, we were really wildly off for Sally Carrera, and I think we were we were really off for Project Gold also back uh, when that was auctioned off. Uh, so I don't know where the best uh, barometers for. I like to see two million. Uh, that's what I think, uh, because like Vu said, it's a very um, unique car. Uh, it um, has gotten a lot of exposure, and it, to me, it's the prequel car to the uh, you know to the original Sport Classic and not a new one. So you, if you own uh, both those cars, you have to own this car, or at least one person has to own the whole trilogy. Yeah, I was going to say was, something like two yeah. million as well, but if it went for more than Sally Carrera did, I would not be surprised. Yeah, and let's say so if it goes over, fun. if it goes for more than what Sally uh, Damon will shave. Actually, shave my I was going to say shave his head, but I didn't want to uh, okay. uh, commit him to Here's that. Here's what we're <laughs> going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. If the classic club coupe goes over the price of Sally Carrera, and this doesn't affect Manny very much, but the three of us will shave our heads. I do that, and you'll get I've to see the it. ugly. But my I've head's got ugly. the least to uh, lose here, so sure. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> 
I'd be down. I'd be down. Why not? Over three and a half right, million, good. right? So with that, I want to, again, thank Boris, not only for joining us today on the podcast, but everything that you've done for PCA and its members, all of our projects for the past decade, your friendship, your dedication to everything. Thank you so much. This has been probably the one of the most special podcasts for PCA. And for those of you that are listening, thank you so much. We deviated from our normal podcast. I hope you appreciate it. So thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN handy and head to PCA.org and we'll take care of you. If you don't have a Porsche yet, uh, join our test drive program again at PCA.org. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page to see behind the scenes photos and videos. Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can always send us a message at podcast.pca.org or simply comment on YouTube. We love seeing the comments. Each and every one of us reads it, and we look forward to uh, replying and maybe even talking about your comments. So with that, until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road.